This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash Unscripted Barista. And now time for the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Patreon.com slash The Derek Lamont Experience, or welcome to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, etc. This is The Week in Gaming for Saturday, August the 7th, 2021, or depending on where you're listening to this, whether it be Patreon or the free uh, services, Monday, um, August the 9th, 2021. How's everybody doing? Hope you had a great week. Um, got a few things I want to discuss in the gaming realm. Nothing too big, nothing too big. So sit on down and uh, listen on up, or if you're riding in the car, uh, make sure you're paying attention to all of your surroundings, everything in your mirrors, etc. Let's get down to business. Uh, first, I want to talk about the Halo um, preview test. I didn't actually get a chance to do it. Um, I saw some clips from it. I got to say, it actually did not look bad, um, which I didn't think it was going to look bad. I thought that 343 was going to take very, very careful care with this thing, uh, especially after last summer. Uh, we were initially supposed to get it with the launch of the Xbox Series S and Series X uh, back during the holiday season, and that did not happen. Um, so they had a lot more time to polish the game. We're going to get it holiday season of this year. Um, it does look good from what I've seen though. Um, from what I've heard from people playing it, it feels good. It's very fluid. It feels natural. Um, so, you know, um, I don't know. I'm not a huge Halo guy to be completely honest with you. And I've told you guys that many, many times before, but I think that I am going to delve into this one and see how it plays out. Um, it's also obviously available on the Xbox One generation of consoles. From my understanding, it's not going to hold up well on the base Xbox One, which that would be the launch one. I still have my Xbox One X. I have the Project Scorpio edition, and I do have an Xbox Series S as well. So, uh, unfortunately, the storage on that thing really fucking sucks. Like, it's mostly full of apps. I may have five games on there total. I'm not joking. Like, it's really, really bad that, like... You know, I know it's just 500 gigs on the internal SSD, and um, I think the Series X comes with a one terabyte on the SSD, and then for the expansion, it's 220 bucks. Um, to be honest with you, I'm more than likely just gonna buy an extend external hard drive and plug it on then on in there. And if it's not a game that you know is optimized for Series S or Series X, I would just leave it on the hard drive. There's really no point to have extra stuff on there. Uh, on the internal hard drive that could be played from the uh, from an external hard drive. So more than likely, that's what I'm going to do. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see how this thing shakes out. If they do another uh, preview weekend, I'm definitely going to get uh, all in on that. So I will let you guys know if, you know, if that does become a thing, I will give you guys uh, notice so some of you can jump in on that as well. And I'm definitely going to get involved with it myself and see how that goes. But I did want to talk about that a bit because I know a lot of people are huge Halo fans. And some people, you know, when I was kind of out on gaming at a point, you know, I still played casually, but not as deep as I did. I think everybody kind of gets to that point when you you transition from high school to college. I was a huge wrestling fan and I still am to a certain extent, but not as much as I used to be. And same thing kind of happened. Everybody's like, oh, the Ruthless Aggression era of WWF when it transferred transition from wwf to wwe i missed that era because i was in college and i was hanging out with friends and dating and doing things like that and then when i kind of settled in after college and started working a normal job and things of that nature then i kind of got back into wrestling and i got back into gaming as well but um 
I missed out on Halo. Uh, some of my friends told me they would be in their dorms and they would just hook up four different Xboxes over a local area network and have these these Halo multiplayer parties and things like that. And they had the best time of their life. And I missed out on that, all that. And also, I didn't have the original Xbox. I only got the Xbox 360 because they came to market a full year before the PlayStation 3 and the Wii did. So that's why like, I wanted to jump into the next generation of gaming at that time. And that's why I got a 360. Um... But from that point on, I was like, I really like the Xbox ecosystem. Um, I started to play all my sports titles on the Xbox, save for MLB The Show, because that uh, up until this spring, that was a PlayStation exclusive title. But your Maddens, your 2Ks, your NBA Lives, your college footballs, your NHL hockey, those things I always play on my Xbox because I love the feel of the Xbox controller ever since the Xbox 360 Uh it's ergonomically really, really sound. It fits my hand perfectly. So for me, that's my go-to for my sports titles. I did play a little bit of MLB The Show on my Xbox. It feels really different. And it's not just because I was holding an Xbox controller. The game just feels really, really different. But again, when you want to keep the license, uh, Major League Baseball basically told Sony, in order to keep this license, you will develop this game for other platforms other than your own so that's where we were with that and that's why you now have mlb the show on game pass um but yeah as far as halo um if they do another preview weekend i'm definitely going to jump in on that and uh i will let you guys know how that goes my first official article of this episode comes from techinclub.com uh ps5 uh, news the vrr update is reportedly coming in december hallelujah for that sony is planning to introduce the long-awaited vrr update not only for the ps5 in december but for all compatible tvs then uh that will then also receive the upgrade the president of value electronics is now explaining why the whole thing is taking so long to come out in an interview with robert zahn founder of value electronics who goes apparently deeper into the matter some changes to the cec protocol consumer electronics controls are coming up including the cec link ARC and EARC. Their specifications are updated within HDMI, which Sony would like to wait and see before it finally implements VRR. I spoke a little bit on the side about the long-awaited upgrade to variable refresh rate uh, on the 900 X900H and X90 and X95 and all the other 2021 TVs, most recent Sony TV models with HDMI 2.1. And that's still on target for December this year, said Zahn. What they are waiting for is HDMI is going to be updating some of their specs on CEC. The CEC link is going to be changing, and so is ARC, which is Audio Return Channel, and EARC, Enhanced Audio Return Channel. There will be some protocol changes in the way that HDMI is confirm- configuring I'm sorry, that, and Sony engineers want to wait and see. They have one firmware update for that as well. What is ruled out is that there is also problems within the chips here, as was the case recently with the HDMI boards of some audio manufacturers, which were actually due to the hardware. That definitely is ruled out by Sony in this respect. Buyers of previous year's XH9XXX models do not have to worry about it. As is so often the case, it is a problem of a lack of communication in which one simply leaves the customers in the dark as to why promised features are not being upgraded. Um, Variable refresh rate obviously has to do with the refresh rate of your television, and um, it does go down to your hertz and things like that. A lot of this was talked about with Microsoft launching the Series S and the Series X consoles. On the Series S packaging, as I mentioned, I do have one. It does have a little logo for VRR. That's for variable refresh rate. So that should be coming in December for the PlayStation 5 via update. We know that the storage option is coming via the next big update from Sony. So if you have an M.Dot card, 
uh, that you bought or you're looking to buy. They've been pretty pricey. Pricey. If you listen to last week's episode, I did cover that. Um, be, being in the fact that I'm in a transition at this moment in between jobs, I'm not going to go out and spend a bunch of money on an M.2 as much as I want to. I will just, you know, move games from the internal SSD to my external hard drive and back and forth when I want to play them. And down the road, some point, I'll get an internal uh, M.2 card to insert. It actually, I've looked at the, um, like, the little tech how-to a few times and it actually doesn't look really hard the thing i'm most worried about is i don't want to damage the plates on my ps5 um i I really want sony to start manufacturing those where i can buy one to have just in case something goes wrong because i don't want my ps5 looking absolutely fucking nuts out here if i may bend it a little too much getting the back plate off to insert the ssd but apparently that's coming soon as well uh, Dexterto.com says new GTA 6 Easter egg uh, teaser potentially found in Red Dead Redemption 2. Of course, you guys know how I feel about Red Dead 2. And stay tuned. Uh, I want to tell you guys here and get this all set up months in advance. The three-year anniversary of Red Dead Redemption will be late October this year. It's actually right around my dad's birthday, which is like the end of October. It's like my dad's birthday is October 25th. The game, I believe, released either that day or the 26th. I actually have to go back. But... I am going to be streaming Red Dead Redemption 2 from the very beginning over on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash the Derek Lamont experience. Um, I can't wait to do that. Again, it's one of my favorite games. I would say that The Godfather and The Godfather 2 are some of the greatest films ever, and they deserve all the praise that they get. And putting video games in that same landscape, it's really tough. And there's only four games, in my opinion, that be- that belong in you know, that grouping, I would say Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2 and The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2. Those are Godfather, Godfather 2 level video games. So I can't wait to play those for you guys. But anyway, excuse me, a teaser for GTA 6 has seemingly been discovered in Red Dead, excuse me, Red Dead Redemption 2, and it may provide uh, prove that a lot of the leaks we've been hearing about are accurate. Rockstar Games has been quiet on the existence Existence of Grand Theft Auto 6 development instead continuing to hype up GTA Online and GTA 5, which is being ported to PS5 and Xbox Series uh, consoles next. Side note for that, I'm not crazy about GTA 5. I've bought the game twice. I still have yet to finish it. This enhanced version that's coming to the PS5, I already own it. I bought it for the PlayStation 3. There were no digital games except for stuff that you bought from the PlayStation and Xbox store at that point, but not wholesale digital titles like we have now. But I bought it for that generation. Um, I bought it for the PlayStation 4 a year later. I still own that title. I'm telling you right now, Rockstar Games, if you force me, because I'm not going to play it. If you force me to outright buy it again because it's an enhanced version, I'm going to be pretty fucking ticked off. I need the upgrade for free, and I know there's been a lot of talk about the upgrades when it comes to PlayStation 5. Obviously, we have the director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima and the director's cut of Death Stranding coming, and those you have to pay to upgrade to the PS5 director's cut version and things like that. I don't know what you're enhancing in this game. I'm pretty sure you're not adding any new story modes or anything like that. So you need to just let me upgrade. If you let me upgrade, maybe I will start playing that game over. If you're going to charge me 70 bucks, you can fucking forget about it. I'm never going to finish that game. Anyway, <laughs> Rockstar Games has been quiet on the existence of GTA uh, 6 development. Instead, continuing to hype up GTA Online and GTA 5. 
However, it would seem as Rockstar left a teaser for the next installment in the Grand Theft Auto series of Red Dead Redemption 2, just as GTA 5 was teased within the original Red Dead. Um, I'll have to go back and search for that one because I don't remember that teaser. Basically, as shown by YouTuber Strange Man, there is a letter players can find in Re uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 that provides a meta take at Rockstar's relationship with Take 2 with Sam and Dan Hauser. I can't remember what one of the Hauser brothers actually left Rockstar April of last year. I, I believe it was Sam. I want to say it was Sam, but don't quote me on that. Uh, if you read between the lines about heading east, it's all a very metaphorical way of Dan telling Sam to slow down with GTA 6 because of how well GTA 5 is doing financially. Do you guys remember all the times I said here on this podcast, oh, everybody wants GTA 6, everybody wants GTA 6. Stop buying GTA 5. Stop playing GTA 5 online. I told you guys that. I literally told you that. And this is them. Whether this is a real Easter egg or not, or it's just internet theory, the same thing I told you guys. Hey, they're never going to give you the next installment of the game if you keep spending a ton of money on this installment of the game. They're making far too much money on Red Dead Red I'm sorry, GTA 5 to give you GTA 6. That's why you haven't gotten the game yet. It has nothing to do with one of the Hauser brothers leaving. It has nothing to do with Take-Two Interactive. They can literally sit back and take their time because everybody keeps playing GTA 5. Keep in mind, GTA 5 released fall of 2013. We are heading into fall of 2021. And then we're heading into 2022. It would be nine years since the last GTA title next year. And that is absolutely insane. And they're telling us, don't expect it till at least 2025. That's insane. Anyway, um, East seems to be a reference to Vice City, the long-rumored location of the next GTA title, but that's not the only potential tease to be found. In the letter, the brothers go by the names Rodolfo and Blanco. This is a big deal because it could be a reference to Griselda Blanco. Hey, what up, mommy? A big Colombian drug lord during, uh, in Miami during the 70s and 80s. Could GTA 6 have two playable characters with the names Blanco and Rodolfo? Of course, it has been rumored the next game will feature the drug trade and take place in the 70s, so this all seems to line up quite well. It's also possible that Strange Man is reading too much into the letter and the situation, though there does seem to be some very interesting hints that suggest there is something more to this letter than just random lore. With GTA 5 getting expanded and enhanced on next-gen consoles in 2021, it will be very interesting to see if the revamped version of features... Um, any more of GTA 6 clues? Still, the discovery in Red Dead Redemption may just be the closest we've come to an official GTA 6 teaser so far. Um, I'm going to have to actually go, and I, now I'm really curious to see what was the teaser from the first Red Dead Redemption. I did not know about that, um, so I'm going to go check that out. And I'm actually going to check on this thing and look into this because this seems very interesting. Um, video game developers do this all the time. If you remember in the very, very opening of Uncharted 3 when Nate and Sully and the guy that looks like Jason Statham, I can't remember his name, they're in that bar in the UK, there's a newspaper on the very end of the bar. You know the part with the of the bar where it flips up so the bartender can get from behind the bar and things like that? Right near there, there is a newspaper that talks about an outbreak of a virus. That is a hint towards the first Last of Us game. So it's very common for uh, developers to do this. This is not a new practice or anything like that. Easter eggs, you know, that's one of the coolest things about Marvel films, right? About MCU films. We go and then, you know, what I would do actually, I, we haven't been to a theater to see one in God knows how long, um, but I would go to the theater, watch the film, 
and I would do the midnight showing, so I'd be dog tired. I would watch the film and then come home, turn on the TV, go to the new Rockstar's YouTube channel, and then catch all their Easter eggs and breakdowns and be like, holy shit, I didn't think about this and I didn't think about that. Everybody loves Easter eggs. You know, um, and anytime anything comes out, whether it's Disney Plus or in the theater or have you, again, Juan will immediately text me like, did you watch such and such? Did you see this Easter egg? Did you catch that Easter egg? Everybody loves it. And this is actually really cool. So I now want to go back and find out what the Easter egg was for um, GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption. There is an Easter egg in GTA 5 about Red Dead Redemption. If you go into Michael's house, I believe it's in the living room where he has the bookshelf. If you go over to the bookshelf, there is a there is a book titled Red Dead Redemption, and the author is Jay Marston. Now, I doubt that's John because we know he couldn't read and write, neither him. Uh, Jack taught Abigail to read. I do know that. And Jack's dream in the first Red Dead Redemption was to be a writer. So it makes sense that Jack would have written the story of his father and things that. And growing up in the Vanderlyn gang under Dutch and Hosea and guys like that. So that totally makes sense. Also, Michael is apparently, they exist in the same universe. This we know because Michael is a direct descendant of, uh, when you get to the, the epilogue, of Red Dead Redemption 2, where you start playing as John Marston after or Arthur, I'm sorry, after Arthur Morgan dies, um, and John and, and Abigail and Jack live on that ranch, and um, John is basically a field hand doing work for the guy that owns the place. Um, the two guys that come to attack the ranch that John beats up, Michael DeSanto is actually a direct descendant of one of them. I can't remember which one of the guys it is. But the guys that come talking tough, there's no guns involved. This is just a straight out, you know, fisticuffs. Man, mano y mano, guys, put your fist up, let's fight. One of those guys is the ancestor of Michael DeSanto from GTA Five. So it does exist in the same universe. And like I said, the Red Dead Redemption book is on the shelf, on the bookshelf in Michael's house. So if you're playing GTA Five, go to Michael's house and take a look. It's in there. Um, from Italynew24news.com, this is a story I've been wondering what the hell has been going on with this game since they showed it to us at E3 years ago and then went radio silent, and if you guys remember my E3 coverage this year, I told you I wanted to see Beyond Good and Evil 2, and we didn't fucking see Beyond Good and Evil 2. Well, <clears throat> new updates on Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, the platforms that it'll be, it will be released on have been revealed. For years, we've been discussing the release of Beyond Good and Evil 2, one of those games uh, one of those games whose fate is closely linked to the new development cycle. Uh, in development at Mo Ubisoft Montpelier, authors of Assassin's Creed and so, some other Ubisoft games, they suffered a major setback due to the farewell of the historical creator Michael Ansel. Ansel has decided to retire from the video game industry following some particularly unpleasant uh, incidents reported in the workplace. Wow. This just keeps happening at developers. Like... I don't know why at these dev studios they don't understand that this is like just because it's a probably a dream job for the people because if you work in, at a developer, you have to really, really love video games. I would hope so at least. Maybe if you're on the board of directors or you're one of the suits, maybe that's not the case. But I would hope you would at least have some background in video games. I'll say that. But just because you're working in what would be understandably your dream job does not mean the rules do not still apply this activision blizzard situation is absolutely insane and i talked about that 
in the Week in Gaming uh, last week. And if you haven't heard that, you can go back and listen to that episode and tell your friends and family as well. It is absolutely fucking insane that they think the rules don't apply to them just because they make video games. Sexual harassment is sexual harassment, whether it's done in uh, in the, the teacher's lounge at a high school or a grade school or a call center or uh, Wall Street or television and radio it doesn't matter it is still sexual harassment and the fact that they think they can just do these things and get away with it is insane now i'm not saying that this gentleman did that and that's why he left but unpleasant incidents reported in the workplace it kind of seems like they're alluding to that in early july ubisoft montpelier revealed that it was still working on both beyond good and evil 2 uh this is written really bad (laughs) <laughs> then on another game not yet announced now go reset era emerged that on the official website the second chapter of the franchise of beyond good and evil 2 will no longer be released on older generation consoles as previously announced here's the thing red dead i'm sorry cyberpunk 2077 i love red dead redemption so much that's why i keep saying it i'm sorry but anyway cyberpunk 2077 when we first saw the first teaser trailer And I'm like, the PlayStation 4 is a pretty, pretty powerful console, especially for this generation. But the architecture was outdated by the time the console launched. Same with the launch Xbox One. Um, They were running on old Jaguar chips uh, and not enough RAM and things like that. When we saw the first teaser trailer, I said to myself, and I said this to friends, I'm like, there's no way this game is possible on this generation of consoles. And I'll never forget, Young Easy, a.k.a. AKA Isaac, was like, no, it's coming. And I'm like, if they do, it's not going to run well. And he's like, no, it'll be fine. And guess what? It came to Xbox One and PlayStation 4. What happened? It didn't run well. To, to the exact fact that PlayStation pulled it off the PlayStation Store a week after release, and it just got added back to the PlayStation Store. The game, they... they the ambition they had in that title would not work on those previous generation consoles, and it seems that's the same thing here with Beyond Good and Evil 2. And I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't tell you guys that I'm pretty certain Ubisoft, being a bigger developer than CD Projekt Red, saw what happened to CD Projekt Red and said, there's no fucking way we're allowing that to happen to us. There just is no way. So now they've pivoted away from it being on the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. Um, Among the official platforms are, in fact, the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and, of course, PC, thus excluding Xbox One and PS4. The sequel to the game released way back in 2003 does not yet have a release date, but it was initially confirmed as being released for last-generation PlayStation and Xbox consoles. You know how far we are from a fucking release date for this game? You didn't have one, and now you're telling us... Initially, you told us it would run on previous-gen consoles, and now you're telling us it won't. We're not going to get this game for a while. I'm telling you that right now. Surely the continuous delays will have led the French publisher to review its strategy, planning a release only on next-gen platforms. It is also true that based on the latest information leaked in recent days, Ubisoft will be planning a sort of new reveal. In fact, it seems that most likely a version of the game never seen before is in the works, probably significantly different from what the little from what little has been shown, which is basically just cinematic trailers. Speaking of new projects in the pipeline of Ubisoft, have you also seen the new free-to-play shooter based on the Tom Clancy universe? No, and I don't care. Um, but yeah, for the longest, I was waiting to see what was going on with Beyond Good and Evil Two, and you know they got everybody all hype at E3. And it's like, hey, guess what? We're not gonna see, you're not going to see this game for a long time. And, oh, remember when we said it's going to be available on the PS4 and the Xbox One? Yeah, we lied about that, too. 
or maybe we didn't exactly lie. We saw how you guys fucking destroyed CD Projekt Red and we're like, nah, we're not going to do that. And uh, that's exactly what it feels like, in my opinion. And it's probably it probably was in their best interest to pivot from what they had said. Um, when you're making these new ambitious titles and you want these gorgeous visuals and you want these sprawling open worlds. And Beyond Good and Evil 2 takes place in space. So you want to go from these huge planets and things like that. Remember, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is not playable. Like a lot of these PlayStation games that came out since the launch of the PS5, Spider-Man Miles Morales can be played on the PS4. Um, Demon Souls or Death Souls, whatever the fuck it is, I'm not a Souls genre type of guy. That one's PS5 exclusive. Um, the little big planet Sackboy Adventure, PS4 as well. Horizon Zero or Horizon Forbidden West will be PS4 as well. God of War Ragnarok, more than likely going to be on the PS4 as well. Rift Apart is only available on the PS5 because you need the I'm sorry, the SSD on the inside of the PS5 to be able to jump from jump through those rifts and things like that. Um, th- this game, I would imagine, because of the scope of it, from what I've been told, is going to be so large... And just your ships and things like that. It's the scope is going to be so large, it would not be imaginable on an HDD, or at least they they more than they obviously tried it because it was in development to some extent. But obviously, it's going to run much better on hardware that takes advantage of really powerful SSDs. And that's where games should be moving. I'm sorry. It's time. Like, I know they want to support older generations and all that. And that's fine. But it, it really is time. It, it's time to start, excuse me, progressing forward. And then also for these these external hard, uh, hard drive makers, it's time to make compatible SSDs that will be supported. Maybe they don't have the same speed as the PS5. Well, then you can't play the game. So that really, it's it's really a bummer. But... You know, it, it make more affordable hardware. It's just really shitty that we, people have to shell out the amount of money they do for these things. But anyway, our next article comes from PSU.com. Activision reveals Call of Duty 2021 will feature campaign, co-op, and multiplayer. Hallelujah. A couple years ago, they did a Black Ops game. And I'm not going to lie. I spent $100 on the game, and it didn't have a fucking campaign. And I may have put... 15 to 20 hours into that game so yeah they got me they got me i'm not gonna lie i remember when i bought the original destiny activision bungie they got me they got me for 60 bucks it is what it is but i'm never buying another call of duty game that doesn't have a campaign i'm telling you that now and i'm glad to hear this this year's installment of the multi-million selling call of duty franchise which is supposedly titled call of duty vanguard will feature campaign co-op and multiplayer uh it's not supposedly titled that's the title when it leaks like that that's the title i'm sorry Publisher Activision Blizzard announced during its latest financial call overnight. They needed some good news, obviously. The Sledgehammer developed first-person shooter, which will take place in a setting that fans know and love, will also usher in the most significant update yet for Battle Royale title, Call of Duty Warzone. The campaign itself is rumored to be taking place in World War II, although some reports have pegged it for an alternate version of the conflict that extends into the 50s. This is interesting. So a new take on World War II, where it doesn't end, with the bombing of Nagasaki and Hiroshima, where it goes into the 50s. This is actually interesting. Now, I'm definitely intrigued, and I'm definitely going to be buying this Call of Duty if this is true. And I would like to see how it affects us stateside. Um, If you've seen the images after the war ended, after we dropped uh, nuclear warheads 
on the Japanese, there were these ticker tape parades uh, down, you know, the Canyon of Champions in New York, which is where, like, if the Yankees win the World Series, the Giants win the Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera, if the Knicks could ever win an NBA championship, this is where they have the, the parade and things like that. But uh, you see these these guys coming back from the Pacific, these sailors kissing nurses and, and women and things like that on the street. Everybody's, you know, celebrating because it was the end of the war. Um, but what happens if we don't drop nuclear weapons? How long does the war go? And then how much of the Cold War is affected by that? So this is going to be very, very interesting. And you know what? The title Call of Duty Vanguard now really makes sense. So I'm really intrigued by this. Um Activision revealed during the same earnings call that Call of Duty 2021 will be released in the fourth quarter of 2021. will be a cross-generation release, so that means we're looking at PS5, PS4, PC, Xbox Series S and X, and Xbox One. That is a mouthful. Despite the fact, despite the fact we haven't even seen the game in action yet, we're already starting to hear murmurs of a Call of Duty 22, which will be reportedly developed by Infinity Ward. Uh, I'm excited for this. I actually still need to finish Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War's campaign. Don't hate me. I played way more zombies than I played in the campaign, which is crazy. Well, no, because I love zombies. Like, I will play zombies in the campaign and always save online for last. Like, people were like, I'll get online. They'll be like, did you just get this game? Why is your rank so low? I'm like, because I played the campaign and I played zombies. I didn't really care about the fucking multiplayer. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for this. This is really cool. Um, World War Two is uh, one of my favorite favorite historical periods of war not the fact that million the, you know all these people were killed but for research purposes and things like that uh when i was younger right around junior high you know in american history i started teaching us about the civil war and you know we saw things like glory featuring denzel washington and a lot a lot of other things like that and that piqued my interest in these historical time pieces and things like that uh, I wouldn't call myself a Civil War buff by any means or anything like that, or a World War II buff or anything like that, but it's very intriguing. But history in itself really intrigues me. Mad Men is one of my favorite television shows of all time because it's a chance to take a look back at the world before I existed in it. Mad Men starts in 1960 and ends, I believe, in like 1969 or 1970. So it's interesting to see how things went. It wasn't proper for a man to not wear a hat during that time. Um, and... You know, they drank heavily in the office. Everyone smoked. And it's like, you know, when you start to see people dying of lung cancer and things like that, it's like, now I get it. Because you guys smoked like it, like it was like drinking water. The way that we drink water to stay hydrated and for health reasons is the way that they fucking smoked cigarettes like ridiculously back in those days. Um, but, yeah, so this is really interesting for me. It's a time period that I've often romanticized about. Um, that's why... For me, in the MCU, Cap's trilogy is the best because it shows us a guy who was out of time, a guy who was a hero during World War II who woke up in 2011 like, what the fuck is going on here? And again, if you listen to uh, my stuff over on Patreon, if you're listening to this on the free feeds, but if you listen to my stuff on Patreon and I did my top 10 MCU um, uh, films, the Captain America trilogy, all three of those were in the top five, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe uh, First Avenger may have been lower than that. They're, all three films are in my top ten, I will tell you that. But yeah, this should be really, really freaking interesting. Um, I want to see, number one, how this... It kind of feels like... Not like Fallout, I won't say that, but like Fallout is just this... They, you know... 
keep putting you in this position like, hey, what happens if a nuclear warhead goes off and then you come out of this shelter and it's like now you have to rebuild the world and things like that. It's not going to be that kind of a take on it. And I know I give Bethesda a lot of shit and a lot of crap. I think that Fallout is a very, very interesting concept. I think that with now the financial backing of Microsoft and this new engine that they're rolling out, I'm actually really excited for the next Fallout game. I will tell you that because the concept of Fallout is extremely interesting because it's like, hey, we got scared. We went underground into these bomb shelters. Nukes went off. Shelter opened up. You and anybody else who survived, you guys go out there and you rebuild the world. But also remember, there were other shelters scattered everywhere else, and these people have to come out. So not only do we need you guys to rebuild the world, now it's about survival. And that essentially is the point of Fallout. I just want them to execute the point better, and I want better for them, which means a new engine, which my understanding that has happened so now with the the it's not like Zenimax Media wasn't making a ton of money before, but with the money that Microsoft invested in them, they're gonna want to see a really really good return on their investment, and I'm actually really pumped for some upcoming Bethesda stuff now, you know. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, my last story comes from VG247.com. Ghost of Tsushima Legends is getting a standalone released. And a Rivals mode, so that's awesome. The online portion of Ghost of Shima Legends is getting a standalone release along with the standalone release for Ghost of Shima Legends. A new Rivals mode will be added to what was once a free game update to the original release. In Legends, you can fight side-by-side side with your friends and are able to play in two-player story missions and four-player survival missions as well as a raid. Legends is a free content update for those who already own the core game and every update to will be available at no additional charge to the owners of any version. Awesome. Players on PS4 and PS5 will also be able to play together seamlessly in progression and Legends carried over, carries over regardless of which console you're playing on. Awesome as well. Now, as far as the Rivals mode is concerned, uh, two teams of two will be able to compete to defeat waves of enemies, which each with each defeated foe you will collect Magatma, which can be used to harm the other team. One example is Shades, which you can purchase with Magatma to block opponent's pur purchases or spend it on curses, which drain health and more. I haven't played any of Legends. Uh, I just jumped back on the island, and I'm actually going to let the game marinate until the director's cut comes. Ah, I'm not going to be able to hold off that long. Well, it's actually coming really soon. I'm sorry. Direct Death Stranding is in the fall. Ghost is actually this month. I'm sorry. Um... Once you have spent enough of the in-game currency, you will also unlock final stand waves, which you will need to complete before the other team does in order to win. Both the Rivals mode and standalone version of Legends will be made available on September 3rd. In addition, on September 3rd, Sucker Punch will release the Gear Mastery System, which is an expansion of the progression system rewards for Legends. Players who've earned 110 level gear will now be able to bind it to a class and activate Mastery Challenges. This will allow a piece of uh, Gear's key level to be upgraded to 120 and eventually unlock a second new perk slot as you activate mastery challenges you can also unlock a new ability and new techniques for each class starting on august 20th which is the release date for ghost of shima director's cut ah uh <laughs> the developers will also release an update that adds new features to legends the update will include some changes based on community feedback the update will see rebalancing made to survival mode which will shorten the session length it will also add new weekly survival nightmare challenge variants, and it will also unlock additional cosmetics for Legends players who've earned them in Gen Story and the New Game Plus. Again, all of the above will be available at no additional cost if you already own Ghost of Tsushima. However, if you don't own the base game and want to give Legends a go, the standalone version will be available on the PS Store for $19.99. 
on PS4 or PS5 with the exception of some cosmetics that can only be unlocked via the single player campaign. This is the same Legends content accessible via the game. So you'll have access to the content released in 2020 in addition to everything new described above. Finally, in addition to the above, Sucker Punch will be adding a new piece of content each week from September 10th through October 1st. Awesome. The content will include an additional Rivals map, new survival maps inspired by Ike Allen and EO's Realm, and the Trials of EO, a new harder difficulty version of last year's raid as well. Um, August 20th, we're getting the director's cut. I cannot fucking wait for that. I'm going to be very fucking honest about that. Um, I just jumped back on the island. I'm actually going to play it a little bit because I have a little time off of my hands um so i'm gonna play a little bit i'm gonna play a little bit more of death stranding and things like that and then obviously when the director's cut comes i'm really gonna go full tilt into both of them i'm really fucking excited um yeah this is a this is a really good game shout out to sucker punch i wonder what they're working on next uh you don't you know you don't want to keep going back to the well obviously this is a historical period as i just discussed with call of duty uh, they're giving us an alternate take on World War II. That's going to be awesome. But with this piece, it's like, okay, we know the Mongols invaded Shishima, uh at this time, and this game is based on that. And actually, congratulations to Sucker Punch because they've actually helped revitalize the island of Shishima based on this. And it's uh, many, many people have been very intrigued about the story of the Mongol invasion and things like that. And it's actually pumped quite a bit of revenue back into the island of Shishima. So that's awesome. But I would imagine that whatever Sucker Punch is working on, I would imagine they probably split the team into two for some people to work on the director's cut of this game and the new content. And then there's a smaller team that's probably mapping out the next IP from Sucker Punch. Whether they go back to the Infamous series or something from their past, I don't know. Or it's or whether it's a completely new IP, I think that with the director's cut... Unless, you know, when they do these content refreshes and things like that, I think that's it for Ghost of Shishima. I don't, you don't beat a dead horse, and historically, there's nothing else to really get from this. You know, you can add new content, but I don't expect to see a Ghost of Shishima 2 anytime in the future. That's just my opinion. But based on what they've done with this, it's not that far-fetched to think that maybe they could revisit another situation during, you know, historical period. I would really love to see, you know... Obviously, Call of Duty has done their thing with Black Ops and the Cold War and stuff like that. I want to see stuff like, you know, and I may be wrong. It, it may have been in a Black Ops game where they really, really looked at, you know, the Bay of Pigs and things like that with a, uh, with a really hard lens. I'm not sure. But I don't know. This, uh, this looks really good. I'm actually really, really excited to see what comes of this. And uh, I cannot wait to play the director's cut. But... That's all my time for today, you guys. Um, I got some Sopranos to wrap up. And uh, I got some more recording to do on other topics and things like that. So as always, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson. First and foremost, I encourage you to be yourself and believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to. That's number one. And also just stay humble. Uh, live, laugh, love. All that good shit. Uh, I'm going to go watch Sopranos and play some video games. You guys have a great, great day. Peace out.